Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 141 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. And here we are. It's a cold day, but man, could, it's a safe be, day. Yeah, it could be colder, that's for sure. Stuff is really crazy. Yeah, it's in, been another one Texas of our Texas right now. It's been another one of our crazy 20 2020 plus weeks. <laughs> like I thought we left this nutsness behind last year, but apparently we're right back at it. We did not. And they've been saying for so long like get ready to see crazy climate things every year and we're like, "Bah." Yeah, nah. What are you talking about? And then Brr. crazy climate things happen. I saw a video of it snowing on camels in Saudi Arabia. Really? Yes. Oof. Ooh, and I was like, good. geez, I wonder if camels can even handle the cold. I, I, Do you know what I mean? Like, know, uh, they might not be designed that way. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. They're probably mad, too, because they're like, I spent all this time developing a way to save water, and now it's just falling from the <laughs> sky. Are you kidding <laughs> me right now? I don't understand. And then Texas is in a lot of trouble. As we know, a lot of people are without power. I've seen... You know, their house is literally frozen over. Can food freezes mm-hmm. and then it's useless. I just can't help but think it, of the hundreds like of dollars of plants I have in my house that I would die. I read a story about like a primate sanctuary they've had and with like birds and monkeys and stuff have been freezing to death on their acreage because they have no way to keep them uh, warm because all their stuff went out. That's so sad. They've been picking up like sea turtles mm-hmm. and trying to, to keep them warm. So. You know, something to keep in mind, you know, Texas was deregulated and privatized their um, electrical grid, and it was removed from the interconnected networks. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So if you're wondering why they can't get their energy from another state, that is why, because usually we can kind of share that across borders. But they removed themselves from that. It was kind of to avoid federal regulations. It definitely increased the the profits of a small number of wealthy individuals. But now we have a lot of of kind of suffering going on here. So, but don't worry, everybody. All the uh, linesmen in Texas are going around and kicking all the generators. So they're pretty sure that they figured out how to get them working. What is that a thing? You're yeah, it's about? making fun of making fun of some Texans right there. That was I don't even get that. Nah, that that's all right. A, that was a terrible joke. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Oh, boy. Well, I'm sorry to everybody in Texas, mostly now we, that we you feel, had to listen to that joke. We feel bad for you guys. We really do. It's It stinks. We're, we're no uh, strangers to snow and ice here in Buffalo. so. But at least we're prepared for it. It's always difficult when something happens that you're just not prepped for. And this is a once-in-a-generation event happening for them. So hopefully it, it comes out okay and they get some aid as soon as possible. Here's a life hack for you guys. Uh, table salt will work in a pinch to break up ice. So, you know, go ahead and throw that stuff out there. It, oh, I've seen like so many crazy tips of like heat rocks outside in an yeah. outdoor fire and put them in your sleeping bag or put a tent in your living room. And put if a, you're all together, it kind of saves heat and things like that. But a, I'm like, I don't- Put a candle in a bucket and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to have to do any of that. It's a really difficult time. Yeah. So, carry carry kitty, kitty litter in your car with you everywhere you go in case you get thrown off the road. Oh, well, I do that. Yeah. Well, Kitty litter and a shovel. That's also what your floor mats are for. But I do that now. Now, now we're just giving uh, winter <laughs> yeah, driving that's tips. It's not going to help. Um, <laughs> Watch that 70s show. They cover this in a whole episode. Okay. So we're going to go back to the, I mean, happier world. Happier? The world where we just forget <laughs> about the terrible things that are going on. The Golden Globe nominations came out. There's a lot of stuff on that. Although I'm not as motivated this year to no. see the things. I mean, I'm I, like, like, I thought it was really weird that Bill and Ted 3 was up for best drama just because no other movies came out. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's 2020 movies. That's not true. <laughs> you, you, is it? 
ease is, it. It might be up for best, best but, comedy. <laughs> um, Borat 2 is up. It was. It got three nominations. I was yeah. pretty surprised about that. Yeah, so that is the movie. We've talked about it before. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, what's its full title? Uh, Borat Subsequent Movie Film. <laughs> there it which, is. Which, you know, that's that's what you expect from them. And Borat's back. He's accompanied by his daughter for this latest mockumentary in an attempt to marry into a family with connections to the Oval Office. This is after, of course, being released from the gulag that he's been stuck in for 14 years because of what happened after he made the first movie and everybody kind of made fun of Kazakhstan. So yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty great little I premise. mean, Borat was kind of hailed as like the comedic Sergeant Peppers by some of the biggest names in comedy when it came out in 2006. Is, that, it, is that really is yeah, that true? Oof, yeah, people oof. really thought that was fantastic. And since then... I'd say Borat's grown into cult status, and it's definitely one of the most well-known mockumentaries ever made. I would say that's a pretty safe bet. Everybody knows that obnoxious voice. (laughs) Yes, that is true. And you had guys doing it forever. Dang it, man. I was I like, shut up. You still have to see a jerk every single year at Halloween parties or at the beach wearing that, like, that bikini that he had on at some point. I mean, that thing was, that was wild, though. So... You know, we have to go back in, in mockumentaries here to some of the best. And for me, one of the seminal ones is Rob Reiner's 1984. This is Spinal Tap. Oh, probably like the first big time mockumentary. Big I'd time. Say. Um, and Michael McKean's pretentious rock star in it. He declares, I believe virtually everything I read. And I think that is what makes me more of a selective human than someone who doesn't believe anything. So that line line does a good job of kind of summing up mockumentaries as a genre, which just poke fun at real life phenomena and events through seemingly realistic but faux documentary film techniques. Well, we'll call them like, yeah, heightened situations and such. Yeah. I I love mockumentaries, man. I love watching those things. Oh, I mean, because you like fall for or you're like, oh, it's just so well done. Like it really feels like every (laughs) documentary I've watched. Um, it always comes down to the extras, I think. If you get like that one good extra that really buys into the whole premise, yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> we got some gold on our hands. Right I would there. say that this is an art form that's been around for a long time, too. If we think about 1938 when Orson Welles, you know, he read a fake news broadcast oh, um, of right. H.G. Wells' alien invasion, War of the World, and convinced so many people that little green aliens were currently on Earth about to take over. Which is, you know, kind of funny in hindsight, not so much anymore. But No, I guess some people, like, really freaked out, like, over the top, kind of lost their minds that well, there was an alien invasion, which would be a bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you have this new form, this new art form, and you got somebody on here saying, like, hey, you can trust everything that's on here, and then <laughs> somebody starts yelling about aliens. Yeah, yeah totally. We're kind of having the same problem these days with the Internet, man, the same same kind of issues that we got to figure out. Exactly. I mean, so film versions of mockumentaries since then have kind of built upon that dynamic of blurring the line between real life um, and just fictional comedy. Yeah. I mean, you got your two types. You have your ones that take them, their premise kind of de- more seriously or they make like more subtle jokes. And uh-huh. then you have the other ones that are a little more slapstick that everybody's like right off the bat. Like this is a joke. Like none of this is real. You just kind of jump in and go with it. You know what I was thinking was one that kind of slipped my mind until right now. I bet... um. A Hard Day's Night 
that was definitely like oh. a mockumentary, I like never, an I never early sort of version of it, because that, they're playing that a thing is happening that is not really happening. Actually, you know what? Yeah, that does kind of fit the uh, fit the qualifications for it. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, so today, gee, I wonder what we should talk about on the episode. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> I, I wonder. I don't know if we <laughs> foreshadowed it. <enough. laughs> I guess we'll talk about some of the best mockumentaries out there. If you haven't seen these, I'm jealous because you're going to be in for a real treat. Oh, absolutely. There's some good stuff. As long as you don't actually think that any of these are true, you're, you're going to have a good time. Well, you're going to be very confused in the other way, that's for sure. So we're going to start with 1984. Like I said, this is Spinal Tap, one of the most well-known mockumentaries. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of Christopher Guest on this episode. Just, just a... Yes. Oh my gosh, like so much. <laughs> like you can't even <laughs> you do can't, it without You can't avoid it. it. So this is a film that turned the genre all the way up to 11. I see Get what, it? I yeah, see you, what liked you did it. there. It was directed by Rob Reiner, um, and it follows an aging British heavy metal band called Spinal Tap. And that's played by Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer. Which, you know... Oh, that's a fantastic cast right there. You don't need just those three alone. You got yourself you got yourself a good comedy on your hands. And it's about them while they are on a disappointing US concert tour. So it's kind of taking aim at the ridiculousness of rock and roll excess and the music industry in general. Um, and it just has no shortage of hilarious scenes and super quotable lines. I feel like when I first seen saw this movie, I was just repeating it all the time. Oh, I mean, to this day, people still quote this movie constantly. You can't if you're watching like any kind of band or stuff movie like that. They're always making spinal. I mean, tap the mini Stonehenge fiasco. Do you remember? <laughs> I do remember. Are <laughs> getting lost backstage before the show. That one I have seen <laughs> so many people. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> Oh my God, oh, that's, that's really... probably that's got to be really embarrassing too. I'm sure that happens to bands all the time oh, when they I'm, can't find the stage. I'm totally sure that was amazing. So this was not a huge hit when it was first released in '84, and Rob Reiner told Newsweek he believes that may have been due to the fact that everyone thought the film was the, a documentary w- right. about a real band that they'd never heard of, so they weren't interested. I'm 100% sure that he's correct <laughs> yeah. there. I mean. Why would you assume that anything else? Because you no, this was and like it a looked new genre. real. Like from the trailer, you're like, oh, okay, this is a thing. So, this is Spinal Tap. Now, at this point in history, has definitely achieved cult status and is considered to be the movie that really put mockumentaries on the map. Plus, it's actually gone the exact opposite way you just mentioned. Because now, Spinal Tap, people th- think that they were a real band that they just made a silly documentary about. Like it's gone. The oh wow, it's way. gone. <laughs> And, a loop there. And I know you were curious, and yes, it has been on The Simpsons with a very, uh, they had them on there for a whole important episode that was actually oh, pretty H- good. Harry Shearer got to play his own character. Oh, yeah, yeah, Michael McKean was on there. That's where I learned the lyrics to The Little Spanish Flea. It was a very important episode <laughs> of my life. I'm so happy. <laughs> All right, what other ones? There's so many. All right, so one of the, I'd say, people that really takes this genre to the top nowadays is Andy Samberg. So I actually have two suggestions for him right away. So the first one is a 2015 HBO movie that he did called Seven Days in Hell. Did you watch No, I don't even know about that. Okay, so it is pretty fantastic. So it's set up like one of those HBO sports documentaries, and it tells the tale of the uh, battle between Aaron Williams, played by... uh, Oh, my God, why am I flaking on his name? Andy Samberg. Okay. Uh, who is, you know, the brother of Venus and Serena Williams. Don't worry about it. So then <laughs> okay. he, he is, has a match with the aristocratic but kind of dim-witted uh, Charles Poole, 
uh, played by Kit Harrington. So it tells the uh, story. Oh, I've seen the trailer of this, and I've seen clips of yeah, it. It is dumb as all get out, but it is fantastic. <laughs> so it basically is about their fictional match that they have at Wimbledon that lasts for an entire week. And believe it or not, it's based on a real incident. <laughs> there was an in, they called the Isner Mahoop match that mm. took uh, 11 and a half hours to play. Oh, over, my God. Over three days. The final set in this match, uh, Eisner eventually did end up winning it. But the final set lasted for, are you ready for this? Now, remember, this is tennis. Eight hours and 11 minutes to play the final set of this tennis match. Because no, they just kept going. No, tennis is like high energy. Mm-hmm. Their bodies would just be dead. Oh, and yeah. So this is based on a real thing, heightened to the nth degree. Okay. But like, you got people like Will Forte, Karen Gillan, Michael Sheen, Fred Armisen, they're David Copperfield is a cameo in this one <laughs> and a pretty important part. It is so dumb, but you, can, it's, you can't help but just laugh the entire time. All right, I'm going to look for that. And then he followed this up with 2016's Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. I know that you love that, and I've never seen it because I thought it looked really stupid, but now that I love Andy Samberg, I'm definitely going to check it out. Okay, yeah, because if you are a Samberg fan, this movie is all kinds of his (laughs) stupid, ridiculous humor. Uh, He stars as Connor Friel, who was a child music prodigy who starts the band The Style Boys with his friends. But then, you know, they eventually break up and he tries to go solo. So it basically follows him around as he tries to make it a solo career, and doesn't very go very well. No. <laughs> Just stupid situation after stupid situation. Uh, it's quite, you know. Does it feel at all real, or is it kind of a really over-the-top mockumentary? Oh, they go all, all the way over the top. Yeah, okay. They, right. they help to ground it because they do have pop stars like Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Rihanna, 50 Cent, Carrie Underwood. They all, they all appear in this movie, so, you know, they do their little one-shots or... Like, oh, I remember Connor. He was a huge influence on me. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a stupid movie, but it's so funny. Like, I, I, I actually am going to check it out. I was never a big Andy Samberg fan for a long time, and I'm, I'm starting to come around now, man. I'm, I'm it starting was just, to get he's so cute in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, is just thing. adorable. That show is stupid funny. Yeah, and his, all, everything he does is pretty much stupid funny. So go go check those two, those two out, guys. All right, so now after uh, Christopher Guest graduated from Spinal Tap, just to become like the master of mockumentaries, and I'm talking about Best in Show from 2000. Oh, this love, one of my love, favorite love that movie. movies. Um, so Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, I feel like everyone loves, and they're just comedy gold in Shit's Creek, like is how so many people know them. But it's like, no, 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 no. You need to go back to 2000 because they are in Best of Show. And that was a lot of people's first introduction to them as this dynamic duo. It was my my first introduction to like this whole like genre kind of thing. And just the the two of them together. They also play a married couple um, in this. So Levy and O'Hara I mean, they're so perfect. They're Jerry and Cookie Fleck. They are a middle-class couple who enter their dog, Winky, into the Mayflower Kennel Club dog show. They're awkward interviews. (laughs) They have bad songs. There are flare-ups over Cookie's hundreds of (laughs) X 
ex-boyfriends. The the joke about uh, the t- Eugene Levy and two left feet. I oh. I legit like guffawed. And then when they I just zoomed out, and he legit has two left feet. <laughs> he like, was also oh. a co-writer on um, this movie with the director Christopher Guest. I'm kind of surprised the movie has a writer just by the cast involved. It's like just go out there and riff. And guys. there is there is so much improv. And then so we have Christopher Guest is actually in the film too. Parker Posey, Jennifer Coolidge, Jane Lynch, Michael McKean. Fred Willard does this whole bit oh, where Fred he Willard. I miss Fred Willard. Man. He Im, he improvs like so so much of it. Um. Anyway, Best in Show creates a world which is also just filled with adorable dogs, which, which doesn't help. Yeah, that, that or does help. Sorry. Does help. Yeah, it doesn't hurt when you got like cute little pups running around. Yes, and enduring oddballs that you just obsess over way after the film is over. And it's one that you just want to watch again and again. And plus, uh, you wouldn't think so, but you actually get invested because there is an actual plot to this movie. Like the dog show there is, is I mean, the you want to know thing. the dog show. And they're so, everybody is really into their dog. They obviously really want their dog to win. I think I have a, a quick clip from it. Hold on. Well, the first time we met uh, was at this uh, big uh, uh, dance. And uh, and I just thought she was the the prettiest thing that I'd ever seen, and and she was there with somebody else. She was very popular back then. She had dozens of boyfriends. Hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, hundreds. I did not know that. <laughs> hundreds. Well, not that not that not that I didn't have a reputation myself, uh, because you know I was. Uh, considered uh you know by some uh to to be quite the casanova myself back at uh ponce de leon junior high but we started dancing he didn't want to dance i, I was like dancing by myself i did not want to dance because Say, get uh, up get up jerry I no, kept saying, no. You know, i can't dance i can't i've got two left feet i got two left feet <laughs> I, I thought he was kidding but i wasn't um uh, i i was born uh, with two uh, left feet, and they had a uh, a nickname uh, for me. They used to call me Loopy, uh, because you know I would walk in little loops, uh, kept going in circles. <laughs> I actually <laughs> forgot about that last part. <laughs> call me Loopy. Oh, it's so dumb. That's a great movie. I can't recommend it enough. I'm always trying to push best best of show on people. So oh, oh so get great. it. So best great. in show. Uh, are you doing a Catherine O'Hara impression right now? Is that what's I can't going on? even do her in, in that one. You well, you just do a general, <laughs> general, one, just kind of spacey loop. Oh, and Catherine lithium. Coolidge is dating that, or is married to that super super old man. I know it's like a complete flip of the character that she does nowadays, where all she's doing is dating young guys. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, what else do we got? Holy cow, why is there so much time passed? I know, right? All right, I guess I got to get the big one in here for me. So I got one that is both a mockumentary movie. And a TV show, both of which are fantastic and two of my favorite things on film. So this is What We Do in the Shadows, which, <laughs> if you have not seen it, uh, the movie is fantastic. It I love this show, too. Have you, ever, have you not seen the movie yet? Yes, I've seen okay. the movie. Um, it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, so that just tells you that everybody who sees this movie falls in love with it. This is a wonderful premise for I mean, a film. It is great. You love the TV show. The TV show, you would think that when you switch from a movie to a TV show that you would lose some of the humor or some yeah. of the thing. You, you lose none of it. it. Everything is completely intact. So 
is made by Taika Waititi, who's one of the top directors in Hollywood now. And it is a mockumentary about the life of three vampires as they go about their daily lives. <laughs> the movie uh, stars Viago, Vladislav the Poker, and Deacon Burke. And it just basically follows them around as they are doing vampire stuff and explaining what it's like being a vampire in the like 20th century. And that it's not exactly <laughs> as glamorous or... <laughs> Like, they're not as the suave vampires that you may be thinking in your head, to put it lightly. They might be a little less uh, coordinated or legit, I would say. They're just not what you picture vampires to but be. The movie actually has a lot of good humor in it. There's a pretty good amount of, like, violence and a pretty interesting story to go along with it. It's just like, we're vampires and we have roommates and we live together and talk about our vampire life. Yeah, it's like, just think of, like, the most mundane things in your life that you would have to deal with and it's like vampires have to deal with that stuff too and the tv show oh my god i love the tv show so much that one again follows a group of vampires uh nandor laszlo and Nadja, as they go about living in long island that they were <laughs> at one point said to conquer about 200 years ago conquer long island. yeah conquer long island and they just never kind of got oh. around to it and oh the, it's perfection people i mean they're just so fantastic. Like, it's endlessly quotable, just stupidly funny every single time. All the characters, one of the things I feel like a lot of comedies have problems with is the, the characters in them are kind of one-dimensional or one They're not note. fleshed out, yes. But all of the characters in the movie and the TV show, they all have different personalities that build on themselves and they stay consistent with it. Like, there's not, like, an episode where somebody acts one way and then yeah, switches it up. They're, they're all true to themselves. Yeah, they're complete morons the entire time. Is there another season of the show coming? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good, because I've been uh, looking for it. Yeah, it's been up for the Emmy for Best Comedy uh, two season, two years in a row. Uh, as you can imagine, Taika's a little busy right now making like right, all, the, all the <laughs> movies, course. so he's having a little trouble getting around to it. They're actually supposed to be making a sequel to the movie, which they've been talking about, and they're always I love the about. show because I need so much Guillermo in my life. I mean... Guillermo's God. my favorite. What, his, what a great the, One of the vampires' familiars. Yes, he's like the main familiar whose like, whole thing is he wants to become a vampire. And, and it's never going to happen. Yeah, like the show takes great pains to point out that all the vampires are kind of like, yeah, man, we're going <laughs> to we're, we're gonna get you all set up one day. Don't worry about it. Uh, but until then, do all of our tasks for us. Yeah, yeah. that's a great one. Good oh, call there. Oh, but what we do in the shadows, movie, TV show, just go turn your brain off. Learn about the reasons about topiary uh upkeep and stuff like that guys it's just it's fantastic one of my favorite movies and shows out there okay um i'm gonna throw two in real quick that i don't think are as popular or as many people know about them so the first one is fear of a black hat from 1994 mm, did no, you ever hear of it no, okay no, that one so this is before finding fame with tales from the hood and Chappelle show writer and director rusty cundiff okay impressed Sundance audiences when he dropped this film in 1993, which is a super funny and unflinching look at hip-hop culture. And this is a really low-budget mockumentary. Like I said, it's called Fear of the Black Hat. And it, it's inspired by This is Spinal Tap. Um, and Cundi makes like just quick work of lambasting the casual misogyny and homophobia that's kind of ingrained in hardcore rap. Um, but also, it follows the band NWH, which is, <laughs> okay. so the first two are the same as NWA, okay. which, but the know, last word not is, gonna, we're not going to say, but the last word is hats. 
Okay. Okay. And it's so named because they believe that their slave ancestors were for, forced to toil bareheaded in the sun, making them too tired to rebel. So now they have hats. Right. You know what? <laughs> the, I like that joke. The jokes come pretty fast and funny. Um, you know, it's definitely worth kind of checking it out. It has that older comedy feel to it at this point. And like I said, it, it didn't. It did pretty well when it came out. It, I don't know that it's going to hold up as well, but it's definitely worth checking out. And then another one that this one is the opposite. This is an initial flop with critics. And the box office. Which is a big thing with these mockumentaries. Absolutely. And that's Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, my God. I, I like that movie. Yeah. Too. I mean, since then, it has claimed its crown as like a campy cult classic. But in 1999, this came out as a pitch black satire that centers on a tiny town in Minnesota as it prepares for the Sarah Rose Cosmetics Mount Rose American Teen Princess Patch. Nailed it. <laughs> Well done. And it just has a star-studded cast. We have Kirsten Dunst, Denise Richards, Ellen Barkin, Allison Janney, who I love in anything, Kirstie Alley, Brittany Murphy, and Amy Adams. Amy um, Adams is in that? No, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? But yeah, it's just a mockumentary about, like, it has an outlandish mashup of the, like, sugary Midwestern femininity and, you know, homicidal rage. I, I was one of the people who avoided watching that movie because it looked pretty dumb like kind of look at that movie you remember sugar and sweet or whatever the heck? yeah like something like that cheerleaders robin banks and then i saw it and i just randomly put it on one day like 10 15 minutes into and it and like, i watched the whole what? movie yeah. Like, yeah like what is happening here you, it's it's way darker it's super dark well you, you learn that nothing and i mean nothing is more important than winning nope not a thing and after all i mean jesus <laughs> loves winners as you know from the, from the movie remember, remember denise richards she was a thing there for yeah a while. she was a thing she's yeah, not really a thing she anymore a, she was a bond girl in the worst bond movie so i guess that's yeah, an accomplishment that's right that's something all right let's do a couple more here well, i'll knock out some quick ones because it's always we're running out of time uh i guess if we're going to stick with the uh, sasha baron cohen one we got to mention bruno as well and the Ali G show and slash movie. So I don't really like those, but yes, oh, I, I see that they deserve a place here. Oh, I don't really like them either, but they have their place in pop culture because, you know, Borat was a character on the Ali G show, yes. which was his old HBO one. So this is like their grand trilogy of characters. Yeah. I would say Bruno, the least interesting of the three. Yeah. Yeah, because he's a little one note as a gay fashion icon. I don't even know if that movie would play nowadays. I don't even know. Probably not. It's probably They're probably dropping some F-bombs He is like offensive, but he's doing it in a way I, I feel to bring attention to it. Yeah. Like those are not his views ever. Yeah, it's uh, the, the not as e- too easy of a joke. I guess we'll say yeah. it that way. Um, But Ali G Show is actually pretty great just by... This, this is how stupid that one is. Mm-hmm. And the interview format, I think, helps that one out, too. And here's another one that nobody ever talks about because nobody saw it. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I, I don't even know what that is. Caught this movie randomly on Epics, which tells you exactly the kind of distribution <laughs> it gets. Um, but it's a story of a guy who hires a film crew to follow him around as he creates his own Jason Voorhees legacy. And he wants the crew to document all the steps he takes to become a horror legend. So, so he's murdering people? Yeah, he's well, he's, <laughs> he's getting recording. ready. He's getting oh. ready to murder people. He's setting up these teenagers that he's going to murder at this cabin, and he's going through all the steps. He's like, hey, I might have to chase people, so here's me out working out on the treadmill for a couple of days so I can get my cardio up. Oh, they might be that able, is so dumb. I have to work on some Krav Maga or something in case I get into a fist fight with them. Like, 
I'm going to try to lead them to jump out this window and then onto this trap that I've set up. You know, <laughs> the, the kind of stuff that you see in horror movies that you're like, why, how, why, like, how does all this coincidence happen? So he's just happen? making fun of horror films. I like that. Yeah, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool little premise. If you're a horror movie fan, you'll just laugh at all these situations that they have that you're like, yeah, I've seen that in about a dozen horror movies and it just never made any sense. But it will after you see this one. All right, cool. All right, this is, I'm going to do this as the last one. Although, quick shout out, we have to mention just The Office. I mean, of course. Because. We didn't want to do, because we just do a whole episode on The Office. Yeah, so. it's, it's not often that a TV series changes the whole format of TV. But, you know, and this is, I'm talking about when Ricky Gervais came out. Yeah, I don't think we were, don't, you thought we were going to go American guys. Netflix, I mean, which no. is great and I love, but this kind of. You know, that is how the American office came about. That's how Parks and Rec came about. That's how Modern Family came about. Like, mm-hmm. it all used that same format. And it's worked spectacularly. But, like, I, th- I would say The Office and Parks and Rec for America so far are, like, the pinnacle. Mo- oh, I mean, Modern Family is a little sitcom. So my life hasn't been the same since Jim Halpert, The Love of My Life, exists. Are you, you, I know you're excited for him to be in those uh, superhero movies. No, I'm not looking forward to that at all. Okay, and the last one, another Christopher Guest. I cannot help but he is the best, and that is 2003's A Mighty Wind. Oh, fantastic. <sighs> little, talk about uh, earworms, man. That movie is just because filled the, with them. the music is actually great. Yep. So this follows three folk music groups. Um, and again, we have Christopher Guest and his Spinal Tap co-stars are in it as the Folksmen. You could just get like the Christopher Guest crew. They're all you really all can, in here. and they're reuniting for a televised concert. Um, so it's definitely more genial and low key than Spinal Tap, but a mighty win one ups it musically oh, like we absolutely. said because these are just genuinely good folk tunes put these on your spotify right now yeah or- there was even an oscar nominated track a kiss at the end of the rainbow which is performed by the best couple in the world eugene levy and Catherine o'hara of course, because of course, of course they're in this again together um but i'm gonna say maybe the truest highlight of this film is the late great fred willard Oh, absolutely. I mean, I love Fred Willard and all that stuff. He, it's again a guy who does the same character, and it's funny. But it's every his time. performance as this like, just catchphrase spouting manager, which I am sure he was making up as he was on. He a hundred percent did. So the scene that I have a very short clip from. His, hey, what happened? <laughs> But this entire thing is just him. They sat him down and they're like, do a thing. And this is what he did. So I just have a short little piece from now. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? As you know, back in 1970, I start on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, hey, what happened? (laughs) We had a lot of fun with that and a lot of other catchphrases. I got a real red wagon. And uh, I can't do my work. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. But it only lasted a year, and that's good because that's how you establish a cult. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's so much more we, to it. We could just keep playing that clip, and it, it'll just be, it'll keep going. I mean, it's like five minutes, and it's him just saying things, but they're all really funny. So definitely check out a Mighty Wind, and we promise you, you will not be disappointed with the music. Oh no, I don't even understand how it's so good. Like while you're here at the library, you're gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna pick up this movie. I'm gonna go get the soundtrack too because they're keep hyping this thing up. Oh, I better go make sure that we still own the soundtrack. 
sound true. No, I'm sure. You really put me on the spot. Don't, if we don't, it'll you, be on order. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's plenty of ways to get it, everybody, so don't uh, worry about that. All right. We're super out of time. Why don't you plug us up? So, you know what? If you can't find it at the Central Library, you know what you do, Michelle? Mm. You go to one of our 37 branches all throughout oh, Erie wow. County. They're all throughout the, everywhere, people. So stop on by. Let us know what you want. We'll get it to you. Uh, what if What if it's at the Central Library and I live in Alma? How can I get it? Well, it's great that you asked because you could just request it for free nowadays and Ooh. have it sent to you. Wow. Know, right, right to the Alma Library. Steal of a deal. You can go ahead and do that up on the website, guys, at www.buffalolib.org. Check out your account. Place some holds. See what we got. We got it all for you. Also, don't forget to follow us at All Booked Up Pod on Twitter and let us know what mockumentary suggestions you are, you like, and what was your favorite song in a mighty wind. Yes, that would be great. Okay, so to end this, Jacob, I decided I have some facts that are Do mockumentary you? style. I don't, so, I don't believe you. I think you're putting me on here. You tell me which facts are real and what is Ooh. mockumentary. Ooh, game, okay, I like it. Number one, England's biggest horticultural export is the fig. Uh, that's true. That is false. <laughs> oh, dang English. The toenail of your little toe is called the spungle. True. That's also not true. <laughs> I got. I mean, what but else do you call it? That's just the best about <laughs> these things because they feel so real. Okay. The first video ever uploaded to YouTube had to be taken down in 2016 for violating their terms of service. Um, true? Not true either. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, <clears throat> there is a pattern on the inside of your upper eyelid that is as unique as your fingerprint. Uh, false? Yes, that is okay. false also, even though that one sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm curious because these all sound true. Number five, the first, <laughs> sorry, the first sunglasses were actually animal skin scraped so thin that it became transparent. Uh, just by your laughter, I'm going to go with a false on that it's one. It's also false. <laughs> I want a documentary just about that. And the last one, <laughs> the Nobel Prize for Physics has been awarded to a scientist who proved that a tree falling in the woods really does make a sound. You know what? <laughs> I I honestly do not know because you could I could see somebody making a paper on it. And that, that is the, the beauty of the mockumentary. Make sure to check them out. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.